Thanks for listening to our Faith Church podcast. Let's listen to today's message. We're, this morning we're talking about uh, giving and uh, we're talking about loving more. And, but it's, it's different. I know our normal loving more, if you're used to being around this time of year, um, there's a certain way we do it. But I really felt like God has put some different thoughts in our heart towards this. If you were here last week, you probably got a booklet. If you weren't, the ushers will help you right now. They'll hand them out to you. And if you did not get one of these bookets, if you'll raise your hand, I'll make sure the ushers get one to you. And so they have them in their stations. I see them scrambling now, nervously. And so if you need one of these, make sure that you catch one of the ushers. They'll give you one of these booklets. It's a lot of the ministries that we have supported for many years. I know last week there was such a um, move of God going on in our service. Um, We didn't teach long, um, and we didn't get into a lot of what we do for Loving More. Um, But I just want to encourage you, this year in 2022, we gave over $335,000 to Outreaches and Missions from this church. And uh, in the 11 years since we started Loving More, our number is upwards of 3.5 million that we've given out to ministries and missions around the world. And it's you, and we, we celebrate you and your giving and your desire to see the ministry go out around the world, see people's lives change, souls, hundreds and thousands of souls saved, uh, disciples made, children helped. There's so many things that took place. And next Sunday, we will be taking a Loving More offering. You, you're welcome to participate in it. It's not, there is no pressure. We never want anybody to feel pressure. In offering time, it's just an opportunity to pour into these ministries that are out in the front lines. Um, and uh, we have ways you can do it, and you'll see that in your booklet. If you do not have the Faith Church Rock app, that's where to start, because the Faith Church Rock app, download the app, because all of the ministries are there. In fact, this booklet, if you're watching online, you can get this booklet right on the app, and you can uh, see how to give there. The great thing I love about Loving More, since we started it years ago, is it gives people an opportunity to give specifically towards a ministry they want to support. And not only does it give you an opportunity to give towards that ministry, it gives you an opportunity to give um, one time, but you can give throughout the year. And you can continue to give out the year. And as I've said uh, since the beginning of all this, um, every dollar that comes in towards these ministries goes directly towards it. We don't take a percentage. We don't take a fee. We don't take anything. These, minis- these ministries get every dollar that is assigned to that's marked towards them. And so if you want, feel to give towards a certain ministry um, once a month, once a week, or you want to give uh, a big offering next Sunday, you can do that as well. Or even today, you're welcome to do it today. But you see all the different ministries that are there. Also, um, there's something new that we've started, and you'll see that on the app, and it's called Overflow. Overflow is a company we're working with that allows us to very easily donate stocks and crypto. Uh, you might want to get rid of the crypto, I'm just saying. But uh, stocks and crypto, and you can give that very easily with a touch of a button. It used to take uh, lots of faxes and banks and getting all these things in, but this company we work with are, is fantastic. And some people started using it for our school. We also have it on our church. And so if you want to give, you'll see uh, give stocks, crypto there on the app as well. And you can give that way. It's just another way to give. I know some people um, have 
uh, the ability to give that way, and you'd want to give that way, so we want to make sure we make that available. I know there's also, if you go online, there's a corporate match option. If you have a company that has matching, they'll do a corporate match option there as well. But we're talking, this is part two of a three-part series. Um, last week, we talked about loving more and sharing the gospel and how important it is that we share the gospel. And not only do we support ministries that share the gospel, um, as we talked about last week, we're supposed to share the gospel. It's not just these ministries, and we support them, and it's great, but part of our assignment is we're supposed to share the gospel. Well, this week, we're going to talk about making disciples, and we talk uh, there's many ministries that we support that make disciples. They do an incredible job making disciples, uh, raising up people in their faith, encouraging people, whether they're new to the faith or whether they want to go further in deeper into theology and all those types of things where they're really raising up disciples. There's so many different layers to it, but we really believe it's important to make disciples. We're called to make disciples, and we will... We're going to highlight some of these ministries here in a minute. And it's important because some people, they're good at sharing the gospel, but they're not good at making disciples. They can share the gospel, but making disciples, or some people can make disciples, but they're not good at sharing the gospel. We need to get good at both. We really do. And making disciples is the next step after sharing the gospel because making disciples takes more time, takes more work, takes more effort, takes more commitment. And so making disciples is hard work. And as you watch this video, you're also going to see the heroes of faith that we support. We have uh, many uh, missionaries that have been on the field making disciples, and they come off the field, and now they're in a retirement phase. But they still, some of these, some of these men and women of God are in their 80s and 90s, and they're still meeting with people, pouring into people. Even in their retirement years, they're still making disciples, and we support uh, many of these ministries, and so I'm going to have you turn your attention to the screens, and we'll watch this video on making disciples and some of the ministries we support here. And then next week, we'll show the last group that we support. Go ahead and show that. Hey, everybody. Here we are talking about loving more. This week, we are talking about those ministries that are making disciples. I think that's really powerful. It is. And, you know, we don't realize the amount of ministries that go on around the world right. that are making disciples. And they're in some of the most remote places. And they're doing an incredible work for the kingdom of God. And so whether they're young or older, mm -hmm. they're making disciples and we're seeing people sent into all the world. So we're excited to share some of these ministries with you right now. Hi, my name is Greg. I'm the Executive Director at Agape Counseling Associates. First off, I just want to say thank you very much for your continued support of Agape Counseling. Uh, we have been in business for about 45 years here serving the Rochester area. And, you know, since COVID, it has been really uh, difficult. It has been an uptick in things like depression, anxiety, relationship issues, and we have been on the front lines. Your continued support allows us to be able to offer services for people who sometimes have difficulty. Anxiety has been on an uptick, especially in children. Uh, we've got clients as young as six years old. We're right here on the front lines trying to uh, do whatever we can to be helpful and, and help parents especially. Um, so thank you again for your support. We really appreciate it. God bless. 
Led by pastors Gary and Harriet Hamm, the 11th Hour Christian Initiatives is committed to the Great Commission to go and reach all nations. They help train and mobilize churches in the U.S. for international short-term mission service. At the core of their ministry is the service EHCI provides to equip and strengthen missionaries and their families. Along with teaching and training, they provide pastoral mentorship and organizational development support for missionaries and mission organizations serving in the field. Also, under the banner of Caleb Ministries, the EHCI is serving in high-need communities within Rochester, New York, doing outreach like Pizza in the Park and helping youth in the Caleb After School Tutorial Ministry. Many people from Faith Church serve in this great ministry. Zion Ministries Philippines Led by Pastor Norman and Linda Holmes, Zion Ministries Philippines reaches throughout the nation and Asia to train Christian leaders. Pastor Norman was saved and grounded in God at Faith Temple back during the 1970s. For over 32 years, they have developed Zion Ministries conducting 20 plus Asian Bible schools while also writing seven books that are published in 25 different languages. Throughout this year, the homes have ministered to many people at different churches around the world and online. They have increased the amount of students that they're taking and they have students in eight different nations. We have a great opportunity to support those that have been in the ministry for many, many years. They're called heroes of faith. These are people that have given their life for ministry. And most of them, if not all of them, have no life savings or anything like that to be able to support them. So we want to keep encouraging them and help them with their basic needs. And so our heroes of faith are David and Kathy Walker, David and Elsa Siriano, John and Jenny Maxwell, Lucille Faust, Al and Joyce DeVidio, Lorena Pyle. We also have a new couple to this list and it's Warren and Mae Jones. They served in Denmark for over 20 years, faithful in that area, and now they're back home and we are supporting them. We are encouraging them in their basic needs and things that they need on a, a weekly, monthly, yearly basis. Maybe some of these ministries you would like to support. You may recognize them, maybe you don't, but if God puts them on your heart, feel free to support them. The mission of Saving Grace Ministries is to provide a smooth transition to community life for men and women recently released from a correctional facility by providing a highly structured program based on Christian principles. Since 2007, Saving Grace has provided life skills training in housing, employment, money management, self-advocacy, responsible parenting, and decision-making to equip clients for long-term success after they complete the Grace House program. The Rochester Grace House serves about 300 men yearly with a 70% success rate of transitioning back into society without an arrest. Hi, my name is Kate Munzinger and I'm the Vice President of Advancement at Open Door Mission and I'm here with my colleague. Hey Faith Church, this is Ramon Centrone. I'm the Vice President of Programs here at the Open Door Mission. Uh, we've been very busy here at Sam House this year and every year. So far in November, we served 5,800 meals. That's breakfast, lunch, and dinner to our guests at Sam House. And we have about, what do you think, Ramon, 70 guests a night? About 70 guests a night, including uh, 25 to 30 women and 40 men. 
Um, and one of the cool things that we do here at Open Door Mission is we act as one of only two warming centers in the city of Rochester. And that means that we keep our doors open all day long so people can come in and get out of the cold at any time. So now we're down here in our clothing room and each year at Open Door Mission we get probably about a little over 300,000 pounds of clothes. Donations will come in, we'll sort them, and then we set up, you know, it's kind of set up like a boutique. Um, people can call and make appointments, um, people in need, and they come in and they, you know, shop for what they need. Uh, we keep the selections out seasonal, so when they come in they can get, you know, whatever they need for the season. Welcome to the Open Door Missions Miller Building. So the Miller Building is recently constructed. It's 24 apartment units for permanent supportive housing for folks who've been, who have been experiencing chronic homelessness. And so we are excited to offer them uh, 13 uh, one-bedroom apartments and 11 studios. And uh, we should be opening the Miller Building prior to Christmas. So we are excited to be able to give our clients and the folks that we've been working with a beautiful place to live. Faith Church, my home church, thank you so much for all of your support. We are greatly appreciative of your support and we love you all. So many of these ministries are really effective in reaching not only people's basic needs, but helping them grow spiritually. Um, I look at some of these ministries and see, like the Open Door Mission, how they, they're counseling men and women. They're helping them grow in their faith. They're helping them get set free from um, addictions, things like that. And some of these ministries are really touching people in more ways than you may realize. Uh, making disciples is something that we're called to do. If I, if I go to Matthew 28, it's a very familiar passage that Jesus spoke to us as he was preparing to leave this earth. And he said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He says, go and make disciples. He's called us to make disciples. He's called the body of Christ to make disciples. I want you to think about this for a minute. I want you to think about your life. Many of you have been saved. Maybe you've been saved a short while. Maybe you've been saved a long while. But I want you to think about your life. And I want you to think about those throughout the years who've taken time to disciple you. Those that have taken time to pour something into you. I know sometimes when we think of being a disciple like Jesus... We look at Jesus being with them for three years and every day walking with them. But that doesn't mean that you have to do that with somebody else. Sometimes it's just you've taken time with somebody to teach them how to pray. Or you've taken time with somebody to teach them how to give or how to serve. You've taken time with somebody to just teach them how to live their life better for God. And it's just taking time, pouring into somebody, helping them to grow closer to God. And I want you to think about Many, I, can, I know in my life, there's probably been hundreds of people that I look through my history of life and realize many men and women of God have taken time to pour into me, to teach me things of the word. Even what we're doing here this morning, this is discipling. I'm, we train you when you come into the services on Sunday, we want to pour into you so that you go out and you make disciples of others. There's teaching, there's training, teach you how to worship, teaching you how to pray, teaching you how to hear God's voice. And there's people in your life, somebody likely poured into you, somebody likely spent time with you, gave you 
uh, their efforts, their, maybe even their phone number, you could call them. They were there for you when you needed help and encouragement. And we can't take these people for granted because they've invested. It's a lot of hard work to disciple somebody. There's a lot of hard work that goes in to pouring into somebody else and somebody who's, who needs to learn how to pray, teaching them how to pray, somebody who needs to get set free from something. It takes time and effort. It's more than just a prayer. It's more than just a, a, a moment where you're just saying, well, you'll be able to do it. It's being able to show them, being able to give them the tools, being able to give them understanding. And it's hard work and it's time and it's commitment that is required to disciple somebody. And I realize that there are some believers who don't take time. If you look over your last year, was there anybody you spent time with? Was there anybody that you poured into yourself? Think about 2022. This year, how many people did you pour into? How many people did you um, help to disciple? Maybe you taught them how to read their Bible. Maybe you taught them how to give. Maybe you taught them how to love their family more, their love their wife or their husband more, or their children. Maybe you taught them how to read the word. And that's something that we are responsible to do, is to train people up and to disciple people. But I realize not everybody does that. Not everybody wants to do that. Some people don't want to do it. Either it's too hard, and it is hard. There's some people that are going to make it hard on you. There's some people, maybe you're too new to Christ. And if you're new to Christ, you're not expected to disciple somebody. You're still figuring out how to read the word yourself. Or maybe you're struggling with people letting you disciple them. There are some people that you try to help them, they don't receive it. There's some people that, you know, you yourself, you've got too many issues in your own life going on. And, and I say that very sincerely and lovingly. Some of us just have too much stuff in our own life that it's hard for us to disciple somebody else because of our own drama and our own stuff that we're dealing with. And truthfully, there's some, the reason they don't disciple is they're just selfish. They're just selfish. And it's all about you. And it's all about what you're doing this year. And it's all about your goals. And that's something that we have to wrestle with. Jesus said, go and make disciples. That's something he told us to do. And Jesus demonstrated that because he wants us. Whether you believe this or not, you are called to make disciples. I need you to grab that this morning. If you need to write it down, write it down. I am called to make disciples. I am called to make disciples. That is what you're going to take with you to heaven. You're going to take with you who did you raise up? Who did you teach in the word? Who did you teach how to pray? Those are the things that God looks at that he counts as valuable to him. What goals did you have this year for making disciples? Who did you want to raise up? And we see Jesus. Jesus started with disciples, and we see it in Matthew 4, for example. Matthew 4, 18 and 19. It says Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon, who he called Peter and Andrew, throwing the net into the water, for they were fish for a living. And Jesus called out to them in verse 19 of Matthew 4 and said, Come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. So Jesus said, Come follow me. I know you do a job. I know you've got things. But I want you to come follow me, and I'm going to show you how to raise up other people. I'm going to show you how to fish for other people. I'm going to show you how to disciple other people. And we go down six more chapters into Matthew chapter 10, and we can see Jesus in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. It says, and when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave him power. 
He taught them. He gave them power over unclean spirits, cast them out to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. And then we go to verse 5, and it says that he sent them out. He sent them out. And this is during that time of growth, that initial time. This wasn't after the, uh, the book of Acts. This wasn't after the Holy Spirit. This was while they were being discipled. He sent them to go out. And he says, as you go, verse 7 of Matthew 10, preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you've received. Freely you've received, freely give. And there comes a point in every believer's life where you need somebody else to help you grow in your faith. We all need people to help us grow in our faith. That's the one nice thing. You know, the Internet's got a lot of negative things, but one of the nice things is if you need help growing in your faith, you can usually find it on YouTube. You can usually find, well, how do I pray? How do I read the Bible? You can find it. But there's nothing like somebody sitting down with you and saying, here's how I do it. Let me show you what I do. But it takes time. It takes prayer. It takes commitment. But when you do, it helps you grow. I believe some people, the reason they haven't grown in their faith in, in a few years is because they're not investing into somebody else. You're still at the same place in your faith because you're, you're, you're focused on you. You're focused on your stuff. But God wants you to grow. When you have to pray for somebody else and when you have to show somebody else, it helps you. You know, when I'm ministering to somebody else, I'm praying for them. I'm asking God for how do I reach them. I'm asking God to show me what to do. It's growing me as I'm trying to grow them. It's helping me grow. And one of the reasons is because God wants us to continue to grow. I believe we have a lot of people, a lot of Christians who are very shallow in their faith because they only invest in themselves. You can, you can have self-goals. Self-goals aren't wrong, but you should have some goals that are outside of you. You should have some goals that are outside. Who have you helped with, your, with their faith? Who have you helped them? Just teaching them. Maybe you have a coworker that's new to Christ, and you sit down and say, let me show you how I read the Word. But in order to show them how to read the Word, you need to know how to read the Word. In order to show them how to pray, you actually need to have a prayer life. And so you can say, well, here's how I pray. You see, your prayer life should not consist of lunch, dinner, maybe breakfast, Lord, bless this food, and then your prayer life is on the way to work, God, give me a good day in Jesus' name. That's not a prayer life. That's a God bail me out prayer. I haven't spent time with you. See, when I go to pray for lunch, I've spent my time in prayer in the morning where I've prayed and prayed and prayed. So, you, so when I get to lunch, I'm like, God bless the food. Amen. I'm going in. <laughs> I, I don't waste time. People love when I pray for lunch because like, you think as a pastor, man, a pastor prays for lunch. He's got to pray forever. Mm -mm. My prayer life consists other times. I don't need to spend time. You can tell some people when they pray, they haven't prayed in a few weeks. They're like, uh, God, well, you know, uh, I haven't talked to you in a while, and uh, I know, God, you know, I've been struggling. Man, I just want to eat. This is not the time for you to have this conversation with the Lord. Just because I'm sitting there as pastor and you're feeling a little guilty because you haven't spent time with the Lord. You have to spend time. It's time. And how can you invest into somebody else if you're not investing in your own self? And that's why it's so important to invest in somebody else because if you do it right, it'll force you to invest in yourself. 
It's just like anything else. Some of us who are professionals, maybe you're a teacher, or maybe you're somewhere, in order for you to teach them, you have to continue to grow in your skills. Who wants somebody showing them what to do? Maybe you're a professional that works with your hands, and, and you're like, well, I, I, I would do, do work, work with wood, or I work with construction, or whatever. I don't want somebody showing me how to do construction if they've never built anything. It's like, well, here's how you put up a roof. Have you ever put up a roof? Well, no. Well, then you don't know what you're doing either. And so none of us want that. So I, know, I think that's why some people are hesitant to disciple someone because you know you haven't learned how to put on a roof either. And some of us haven't learned some of the foundations. And this year is a year. Listen, the world needs us more now than ever. We Christians need more solid disciplers now more than ever. We have to help people grow in their faith. So many things are attacking believers. The world is not getting any better. The world's not getting any friendlier. We're going to have to learn to be strong in the face of more adversity. I don't know what's coming in 2023, but regardless of what the world tries to bring, I'm going to push in more of Christ. I'm going to disciple more people. I'm going to bring more of God into this world, regardless of what they push back at me. But we need you to disciple. We need you. Tell the person next to you, I need you. We need you to disciple. Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Matthew 22 says, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Verse 39 says, And second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. We know this passage. We quote this passage at least three, four times a year. We know I'm supposed to love God with all my heart, and I'm supposed to love people. I'm supposed to love people, not just God, but people. I'm supposed to invest into people. When I love people, I'm investing into people. You know, you can, you can say you love people, but if you're not willing to invest in them, I'm not sure what that means. I want to love people. I want to invest into people. I want to go with me to Galatians 6, and I want to put a little energy into this passage, a little effort. Galatians 6 and I want to read it from the New Living Translation. If you got it on your phone, you can pull it up. If you don't have a good Bible app, download a good Bible app on your phone. Version is one that I use. I love it. Version. In fact, we're coming up, believe it or not, three weeks from today is January 1st. And so we're heading into a new year. If you don't have a good devotional, they have great devotionals on there uh, that I use every single day. I use the devotional, so I read through the Bible in a year. You can download those apps and get that. But Galatians chapter 6, Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 through verse 10. Share in each other's burdens, and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are fooling yourself. You are not that important. I didn't write that. I'm just saying that I'm reading the word. You are not that important. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Do not be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. And we quote, last week we quoted that you always sow what you reap. 
You always reap what you sow. Excuse me. You always reap what you sow. Those who live only, verse 8, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from their sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. God wants us to pour in to other people. God wants us to grow in our faith. If you're going to grow in your faith, you're going to have to learn how to pour into others. You say, well, I don't have time. Everybody has time. Everybody has time. You may need to make the time, but you have the time. I don't know anybody who works 168 hours a week. There is time somewhere, even if it's a lunch once a month or something that you can pour into somebody else, help them grow in their faith. We have time. And I'm convinced, and I say this very sincerely, I'm convinced that some of the problems Christians have would disappear if they'd invest in discipling others. Some people are so consumed with their own drama that if they'd invest into somebody else, their own drama, God would heal them as they pour in healing to others. You sow, you reap. If you just, he says, it, he says right here in Galatians, if you just focus on you, you're going to bring decay. Which is counter to the world. Because the world says, it's all about me. It's all about me. Self-love, it's you pour on to you. Everything's about you. Everything's about what you want. And we want people to love us, but what about us loving others? At what point will we grow up and realize it's not all about us? Tell the person next to you, it's not about you. How'd that feel coming out? Because we're living in a culture that says it's all about me. And when you say that, some people go, I I don't know. You know who it's all about when you think about it? First of all, it's all about Jesus. When I get to heaven, he's only going to look at the stuff I did for him. Everything else is going to be just wood, hay, and stubble in his word. He's looking for the gold, the silver. He's looking for the things that I did that he wanted me to do, the things that he asked me to do, the obedience that he has. When I get to heaven, my reward is going to be based on did I obey what he wanted me to do or did I just have a bunch of excuses? It's not about me. You know who says that and who can legally say that? Legally is probably the wrong word. You know who can spiritually say that? A baby. It is about them. Because they can't feed themselves. They can't go to the bathroom by themselves. They can't talk. They can't communicate. So babies can honestly say, it's all about me. And they'll cry and let you know at 2 a.m., it's about me right now. (laughs) And if you're a good parent, you will get up and go, I know it's about you, but there's coming a day where it won't be about you. (laughs) But yes, right now, because you need to be fed, because you need to be changed, because 
Yes, because you're a baby. So babies get to say it's all about me. You've been saved 5, 10, 15 years. You've got, let's, let's just take it in the natural children. You've got 5-year-old, you've got 10-year-old, and 15-year-old, and they can't feed themselves. And they can't use the bathroom by themselves. Then you would immediately say there's a developmental problem. And I'm not saying they're bad. That does happen. There is developmental problems. But that is true. There could be a special needs. There could be a developmental problem. But you're looking at a five-year-old. You're looking at a 10-year-old going, okay, they should be able to feed themselves now. They should be able. And what do you teach your children when they're little? When your children are little, when they're babies, they take everything. They snatch your earrings off your ears. They grab your hair. They pull your shirts. They do all types of things. And, and that happens. But when, you, when they start to grow up, what is one of the things you teach them to do when they're little? Share. And what do kids not want to do when they're little? Share. You know, I told the story in the first service, and they're going to be mad at me, but one of my children didn't like to share. In fact, when the other kids would come around, he would hide his toys from some of the other kids. And he'd get mad if they started playing with his toys, because he thought they were all his toys. And as a baby, okay, but as he continued to grow, we had to teach him. We had to train him. We had to disciple him. It's not all about you. There's other people in this house, and these toys aren't all for you. They're for others, too. And we do ourselves a disservice when we think life is all about me. Life is all about what I want. What are my goals? What am I going to do? What am I going to achieve? And if you're not willing to invest into anybody else, you're selfish. It's when you're thinking about what your life, your life goals are, what your plans are, and especially if you have a family, if you have a, a spouse, you have children, listen, it's definitely not all about you now. It's just not. I made a choice when I got married Marriage to me is a choice to say it's really not about me anymore. I'm willing to share my life with this person. This person is not my slave, is not my servant. I'm not their boss. They, I'm here to work together to affect the kingdom of God together. And if I bring children, I'm bringing children in so I can help raise them and teach them and disciple. So now I have disciples in my own house that I am responsible for. So don't get married and don't get, have children if, you do, if it's all about you. Because you have to learn. And if, you, and if you say, well, how do I know? Well, are you investing in anybody else right now? You, maybe you're single. Are you, are you caring about anybody else right now? Are you pouring into anybody else? Well, no, it's all about me. Then please don't get married. Please spare all of us. Because we have to learn how to pour into others. This is why so many of our homes uh, can be a mess because we become so selfish. And we need to start growing ourselves. We need to start spending time in the Word. Spend time on growing yourself so that you can pour into others, 
so that you can give to others. If you don't know how to read the word, get someone to help you read the word. If you don't know how to pray, get someone to show you how to pray. If you don't know how to fast, if you don't know how to tithe, if you don't know how to give, if you don't know how to serve, if you don't know how to share the gospel, get people around you. There's people, we do it every week in this church. We do it in services. We do it in small groups. We do it in Alpha groups. We do it in Origins. We do it in our school. We do it in our children's ministry. We do it in our youth ministry. We're doing it all the time. We're discipling. Get around. There's plenty of people right here in this church. I know people who will take people into their homes to help disciple them, to grow in their faith, to help them get set free and to be delivered. There's people that will help you grow, but you are called to disciple somebody. You are called to pour into somebody. I want you to go with me to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Jesus says these words in verse 30 through 36. Luke 6, verse 30. He says these words. He says, give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back, but do to others as you'd like them to do to you. So if you want people to give to you, you give to them. If you only love those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. Verse 33 of Luke 6. And if you only do good to those who do good to you, why should you get credit for that? For even sinners get credit for that. And if you only lend money to those who can repay you, why should you get credit for that? For even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. And then he pushes the bar a little higher and he goes, even love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward will be from heaven and it'll be very great. Pay attention to that. Your reward from heaven will be very great. And you'll truly be acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. You know, Jesus always has ways of saying stuff that grinds against our flesh. We want credit for loving people who love us. Well, I love them because they love me. He says, you don't get any credit for that. Sinners can do that. Why don't you love that guy? Well, that guy doesn't like me. Yeah, why don't you love him? There's a saying that I've heard for a couple years now that's bothered me. I've heard it with preachers. I've heard it with leaders. I've heard it with teachers. I've heard it with a number of people, and and even people with jobs. And and they'll say, you know, I only want to go where I'm celebrated. I only want to go where I'm celebrated, where I'm appreciated, where I'm understood. I only want to go, and I've heard preach that, I only want to go where I'm celebrated. What kind of selfish nonsense is that? What are you talking about? I only want to go where people celebrate me. If that were true, then we'd have no Gospels. Jesus wasn't celebrated. Disciples weren't celebrated. I want to go where I'm sent. And that means I, if he wants me someplace and they don't even want me, but he wants me there, I'm taking that job. Well, they don't want, they're not celebrating me. I don't care about them. I care about him. If that's my assignment, that's where I go. It don't matter what anybody else thinks. Well, who's going to celebrate me the most? And celebrate might mean pay. 
silent night. Some people, God may call you disciple, may not even like you. You know what it is? Some of us just don't want to work for a new relationship. I'm too old to work for this relationship. If they don't like me, tough. I'll go somewhere else. I'm too old. If they don't understand me, that's their problem. But maybe you need to slow down and understand them. Maybe you need to slow down and understand their culture, their upbringing, their hurts, their pains. Maybe you need to slow down and understand where they came from. Maybe they have different beliefs. Maybe they have some different cultural things. Maybe, maybe they're different from you politically. Maybe they're different from you racially. Maybe they're different from you in, in all, the, all the other ways. So what? You can't show somebody who's different from you politically how to read the Bible? Well, what are we going to talk about? Well, obviously not politics. <laughs> There's some people God may lead you to that are completely different on things that you have believed. Maybe some people God leads you to, they're not pro-life. Maybe they're pro-abortion. You can't help somebody. Well, I can't believe anybody who's pro-abortion is saved. Sure, there's some people that are saved. Just... Who are you? What kind of religious nonsense are you talking about? Well, if they don't vote a certain way, I don't know if they're saved. What are you talking about? We're all voting for heathens anyways. Let's be honest. Why am I going to lose a friendship over that person? Sometimes our minds are not in the right place, and the enemy feeds us reasons why we can't help somebody, why we can't pour into somebody. Why can't I minister to this person, this child? Well, this child, he doesn't respect me. Children don't respect many people. But work that child over until they love you. You know, I have found the more I love children, the more I pour in respect to them, the more they'll begin to respect me. Maybe they're raised in a family that just yells at them all day. Maybe they're raised in a family that doesn't know how to show respect to anybody. Maybe their parents are talking about you behind your back. And you could win that child over, and the child will begin to look at the parents like, I don't see that. See, some people have preconceived ideas even coming to this church, some people think you shouldn't be in a church like this. What are you in a multicultural church for? You need to be in this. Because God put me here. Because God wants me here. It's not because your pastor is perfect, because he's not. His wife might be close, but he's not. And Pastor Eric likes the dolphins, so he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I can even minister to somebody who likes the dolphins. I don't have to like the dolphins to minister to him. I can even kind of like them for a day. But we find all these reasons why we can't disciple somebody. 
and it's, it doesn't add up to God. When you look at Jesus and his ministry, how many times did he minister to people, pour in his life to people, would pour in healings and miracles, and they did the same people who said crucify him? Some people, there's people I've prayed over, and there's people that I've cried over, and there's people that I've, I've fasted over, and then they walk out and talk about me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. My goal is not to make them my best friend. My goal is to disciple them as far as they want to go. I'm not responsible if they hate me. I'm not going to try to make them hate Now, some of us, we give people good reasons to hate us. I'm not going to try to make anybody hate me. But sometimes the word itself, you just preaching the word and encouraging people in the word. There's people that walk in that are, are, are in the middle of lots of sin and struggles. I can love on them. I can pour into them. There's people that are struggling with their gender, struggling with homosexuality, struggling with adultery, struggling with all types of stuff, sexual sins, struggling with addictions. I can love them. I can pour into them. Their life doesn't have to be perfect. Good grief, your life wasn't perfect. You came in a mess. You don't have to front for nobody. We all know people struggle with stuff. You don't have to front and pretend like you've got it all together. We know you don't. We just heard you pray for lunch. <laughs> Wasn't that good? <laughs> but look at Jesus. He raised up disciples. Look who he picked. Look at one of the ones he picked that he called a disciple by the name of Judas. Jesus handpicked Judas, knowing that Judas was going to be the one to offer him up to be crucified. Yet he still handpicked him and put as much and discipled him to be one of his disciples. It doesn't say the 11 disciples and Judas, it says the 12 disciples. He was counted amongst the disciples. Look at Peter and Paul and how they were sent into play. Peter was so upset. He goes, I, I'm not, I'm not, I can't go to the Gentiles. He said, yeah, you got to go to the Gentiles. Well, I can't eat. Yeah, you can eat that. It's okay. You're in their house. You can eat their food. It's okay. But, but, but that's not the way out. But it's okay because you're discipling. Look at Paul. They were mad at Paul. Paul said, I've got to go back to Rome. I've got to go back to the people. They're like, please don't go. They're going to kill you. He goes, it doesn't matter. I've got to go. You don't have to go where you're celebrated. You don't have to go where you're accepted. You don't have to go where you're... You have to go where you're signed. Because otherwise you're going to miss discipling people that you are supposed to disciple. You're going to miss opportunities that God had set for you. And if you don't hit those marks, God will send somebody else to do it. Because he loves those people. I promise you, anywhere you work, any place you go, any ministry you have, anything you do, there's going to be somebody that turns on you sooner or later. There's going to be some feeling of discomfort. There's going to be some feeling of dissatisfaction. You're going to feel like the people are against you. It's going to happen but you're going to have to learn to press through. See, all of that helps grow you. 
All that helps grow me. Well, pastor, what about when people talk about you? Well, it might be true. It might not be. And if it is true, I need to own it. I need to repent of it and deal with it. If it's not true, I can't change it. They're going to talk. People are going to talk. People are going to say what they say. I can keep loving on them. I can keep hugging them. Don't matter. That's why we've got to stop making it all about us. It's not about you. It's really not. And anyone who believes that you need to get a hold of the word of God and let the Lord speak to you because there's so much that God wants you to do. There's so many people he wants you to pour into. He wants you to care about people. He wants you to care about family. Some of us, even our own family, we need to do a better job discipling. We need to do a better job pouring into our own children, a better job pouring into our spouses. We really do. We need to actively, this year, 2023, say, you know, I'm going to take more effort to pour in and to disciple my family. And for some of us, that might mean we need to grow a little bit further ourselves. I promise you, you begin to disciple somebody else, it'll force you. You ever sit and do your homework with the kids? You sit with your, your, your children, and when they're in kindergarten, you're like, this is easy, one plus one, two. And then you get into middle school math, and then you get into high school math. And you know you don't know squat about algebra. You were just lucky the teacher passed you and got you through. You knew it was the prayer of the righteous that got you through high school. And you don't want nothing to do with it. It's the same. If I'm going to teach you something, I need to know. I, I, now I, thankfully, I'm good at algebra. I can sit with my kids and teach them algebra. But I, I'm not good at trigonomy. I'm not good with some of these other things. If, if they said to me, hey, Dad, what do you think about this? I'd be like, go to YouTube. I got nothing. Go see Mr. Randy. Go see somebody else, because I don't know anything about that. Understand, if you're going to talk to your kids, you're going to talk to your spouse about prayer, you need to be a person of prayer. You need to be a person of reading the word. You're going to talk to them about hear from God. Do you hear from God? You can't hear from God if you do all the talking. If I sit with my wife, and we're talking for 30 minutes, and I never take a breath, and I talk, I haven't heard a word she said. We're just shouting at each other. And some of us are like that with God. We just shout at God, here's, our, here's my stuff. Are you going to take care of this for me? And then we get upset when he doesn't. And God's got his finger up. I don't know what church he goes to, but he's got his finger up. He's going, uh, I got something to say. Uh, no, you don't want to hear it? All right. And God's waiting for a moment to, uh, okay. I wonder what God's will is for my life. Did you take time to listen? Well, God, I'd really like this. I'd really like to marry this person. I'd really like to have this many children. I'd really like to do, so you really didn't take any time to listen. Well, my goals are this. My goals are that. My goals, are, maybe those goals aren't even from God. What? See, we have to be careful because Jesus looked at the disciples and says, go and make more disciples. Go and make more disciples. 
He spoke to us and said, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love people. Invest into people. What does the world need right now? People who love them. This world is so messed up. You realize how many people have nobody they can trust? They have nobody they can trust. Why can't you be that person? Do you realize why some people are so quick to fire off at you and so quick to say certain things that are hurtful? Because they don't want to get hurt. Some people sabotage relationships on purpose because the last one they got hurt in, they don't want to even try to trust anybody. Maybe you're the one that can break them down and just love them unconditionally, even with all their drama. Yeah, people got drama. A lot of people got drama. This world is full of drama. And yeah, some of their beliefs might be a little not according to the word of God, but just begin to love them and begin to raise them. Let's start with John. Let's start with Matthew. Let's start with Acts. Let's start with Romans. Let's just start going through the word together. And just begin to pour into them. And let the word work on them. There's people I pour into. I know they're in sin. I know they're in sin. I know they're not living right. I get that. I understand that. And I care, but I don't. I care because I love them, but I, that's not going to stop me from pouring into them. I'm going to pour into them. Because maybe I'm one of the ones, as the word says, that can help restore them. Because there's people that need to be restored to God. There's some people that have been de-churched, that no longer come to church because they got church hurt. Well, every church has church hurt. This church has church hurt. People have hurt me, and I'm the pastor. But I refuse to accept church hurt from me. I refuse to allow people, I refuse to allow the enemy to tell me that God's in to hurt me. See, because what it is, it's a block. So people can push this up and go, I got church hurt, so I'm not going to receive anything. And Satan just sits back and goes, this is great. They'll never get healed. I, God is a good God. God's a loving God. And there's assignments in 2023 he's got for each one of us. There's people that you, and I want you to think through and ask the Lord, Lord, who do you want me to reach this year? Who do you want me to pour into? The first group is your own house. But it's got to be beyond your own house. Some people just make it about the whole, me and my house. It's got to be beyond your house. Who else does God want to lead you to? Maybe it's going to be a group you're going to get involved in. Maybe it'll be Origins. Maybe it'll be uh, Caleb Ministries with Brother Ham out in the street, Pete's in the park. Maybe it'll be some of the different ministries that are out there doing. Who can you invest into this year and help them? Just little stuff. Don't think of discipling as in you've got to take a three-year journey with somebody. It could just be three or four meetings where you're teaching them how to pray or you're teaching them how to read the Word. Or it could, you could just be showing them some things. But be willing to make disciples and ask God to even show you how to invest into people. Because part of it is I give to those that are making disciples God pours into me too. So part of this is giving, where I want to sow offering, I want to sow peop into people that are making disciples because I want to become a better disciple maker. Does that make sense? Stand with me this morning. We're not taking an offering this morning. You're always welcome to give. But next week we will have an offering. Again, 
I encourage you to come out. I encourage you to be a part. If you're around this church, if you're new to this church, I, I, I do offerings very simple. If you feel to give, give. If you don't, don't. I don't make it any pressure. So even next week, I want to encourage you to come. I want to encourage you to bring people because a lot of people are hurting. This is Christmas time. December can be a hard month. And we're going to be praying at the altars every Sunday because we know what December is. That's why we have services throughout the month of December because we know December is a hard month. And we want to make sure that we pray for people and encourage people and lift them up. And maybe you know people, maybe you can just get around. If you know there's some people, even, even in your family or friends, that you know December might be a hard month for them, just look them up and offer to take them to lunch. And even pray with them and ask them what they're reading. Say, what's God putting in your heart? We ask, just just kind of help push them along and see if they, they can be healed a little bit further this year. God wants to heal. God wants to use you and I to bring healing to this world. This world needs Jesus more now than ever before. And yes, we need to go and share the gospel, like I said last week. But we also have to take it a step further and make disciples. We have to. It's absolutely imperative. Bow your heads with me if you would. If Jesus Christ is not your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity right now to accept Christ. If you don't know Jesus Christ and you want to serve Christ, you... Jesus loves you today. He really, really loves you. And Jesus can heal you. Jesus can touch you like nobody else. And if you need Jesus Christ and you want to come to, back to the Lord, maybe you once served the Lord, but now you're not. Maybe you haven't prayed in months. Honestly, you're, you're, you're really struggling serving the Lord. But you want to get that right today. Or maybe you've never served the Lord and you want to say, today's the day I want to give my life to Christ. If that's you, will you slip up your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to give you an opportunity. If you want to give your life to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity. If you're very serious, and I say this very sensitively, with sensitivity, but if you're serious about it, I want to just give you a few seconds, just come forward. I saw a couple of hands go up. And if you say, I meant that, Pastor, I want you just to come down to the front. I'll meet you down front. Say, I want to give my life to Christ. Come on. You know you want to give your life to Christ. Yep. Come on. Who else? You want to give your life to Christ? Just stand right here and face me. Anybody else you want to give your life to Christ? I want to give you that opportunity. This is a great day for you both. It really is. We're happy you're here. We're happy you're part today. And uh, we're going to pray. I want the congregation to join with me as we pray. What we're praying is we're just asking Jesus, God, to forgive us our sins and Jesus to come into our life. That's what we're praying. So you're not becoming a member of the church, though we would love to have you members of the church. But you're just asking Jesus to come in. So let's pray with them. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner. Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Come into my life. Take control of my life. Be my Lord and Savior. I choose today to serve you for the rest of my life. Bring healing bring strength and help me from this point forward to serve you with all my heart in Jesus name amen let me just pray for you just stretch your hands towards them if you would father I just pray right now for the presence of God to come upon them that Lord you would seal this work into their spirit I ask father that you would just cause 
this to be a change that they'll never forget. On December 11, 2022, when they gave their life to Christ, that Lord, that you would completely transform them, that you'll bring people around them that will help them grow in their faith, that Father, that they will get stronger and stronger and stronger from this day forward. I speak the blessing of God upon them both. I ask that you would pour in upon them everything they need. Let healing be their portion. Lord, even take away things out of their life that have been bothering them for years, those things that have been harassing them. We tell it to stop now in the name of Jesus. I speak the peace of God. Let them sleep tonight peacefully. Let the joy of the Lord become their strength. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask my leaders just to go with you for a minute. They're going to just take you. Let's give them a hand as they go. And I want to pray for us. This morning, as we were talking about making disciples, how many of you say, you know, in 2023, I want to make some disciples in 2023? How many of you willing to say yes? Pastor, that's me. I want to make some disciples. Just lift your hands. Now, Father, you see our hands. Lord, and I believe we're sincere. And I ask, Father, that you would help each one of us grow in our faith, that we'd be able to grow so strong that, Father, we can help others grow in their faith. Lord, that you'd bring us to people, people in our home, people at our job, people in our neighborhood, people at church, people in the restaurants, people in the grocery stores. You'd bring us to people that we can help strengthen them in their faith. We can help disciple them, whether it's reading the word, whether it's giving, whether it's serving, whether it is prayer and teaching them how to pray, receiving the Holy Spirit, whatever it is, Father, that you would help us make disciples. And that, Father, that every assignment that you have for us will come to pass. Lord, I come against all false assignments. I come against any assignments that are not of you. Father, that you would take us into places that you want us to be. And that there'd be such a joy within us that we wouldn't look at what we don't have, but we'd see what you have for us. And that our eyes would be fixed on you. Wherever you want us to go, whatever you want us to do, that we would hear your voice. I pray for the presence of God to come upon every person, for the presence of God to come upon every home, every family. That, Father, we'd all get stronger, and as we sow into others, we'd reap into our own lives. Father, pour in the blessings of God. Make us the disciples you've called us to be. And, Lord, we ask your blessing upon all those missionaries, all those missions, all those ministries that we saw today that are making disciples. We ask, Father, that you would prosper them. We ask you'd bring them more workers. We ask, Father, that you would bring them finances. We ask, Father, you'd bring them facilities. And, Father, that they'd be able to make more and more disciples this next year than ever before. Lord, increase them all the more, Lord, and help us to help them. Show us what you want us to do with giving to any of them, Father. We thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great, great week in the Lord. Come out for prayer tomorrow night, especially if you want to grow in your prayer. Come out and be a part of prayer tomorrow night, 7 o'clock right here. We love you. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to our Faith Church podcast. We are so glad you chose to listen to this message. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications when we release new content. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Faith Church Rock to find out more information 
about what is currently happening at Faith Church.